This podcast is brought to you by Tourism WA. Get great holiday ideas and all the travel information you're looking for at www.westernaustralia.com. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, whatever. If you want to see the real star of the Australia movie, you've got to come to the Kimberley. G'day, I'm Fleur Banger, and I'm in the top end of Western Australia, where the dirt's red, the sun's hot, and the air is clean. In this podcast, we're going to visit some of the film locations and find out things like where the crew stayed, which celebrities signed their name on a bar wall, how Nicole Kidman went driving through a river, and where she bought some sparkling Kimberley diamonds. First up, though, I'm in El Cuestro Wilderness Park, where an open-air helicopter is going to take us and Miko the guide to one of the key outback sets used in Australia. We've come about half an hour on the chopper That's and uh, right. stopped down on some uh, really dry-looking landscape. And Miko, you're the El Cuestro expert on this sort of area. Tell me about what we're looking at. We're on a large clay pan that over the wet season will flood both with tide, with rain and with runoff from those beautiful ranges out behind us and is totally inaccessible. This time of the year it is absolutely bone dry and we're smack bang in the heart of where the, all the mustering and the uh, horse oriented scenes were filmed on this neck of the woods. Huge big expanse, about 15k's by about 5 to 6, so plenty of area to use. So what did they do exactly here? Tell me more about that mustering. So we're talking 500 approximately head of English shorthorn cattle, which goes with the period of the film, that were pushed from the southern part of our property out here for a lot of mustering scenes because they're being so dry, the great dust clouds are going to come up. I believe there's a lot of drought action out here as well because as you, uh, you can see, very, very dry. And uh, so the thundering hoos, the stampeding of the cattle, the helicopters for the overhead shots, the four-wheel drives for the side-on shots, you built overhead cameras, so it was all happening out here. And is it true that you brought in helicopters to actually make more dust scenes? Uh, yes, we believe that to be true, and also obviously the four-wheel drives and whatever around, plus what the cattle made up themselves, um, would have been dry, thirsty work, I reckon. And what sort of uh, background is um, seen in Australia, the movie? So we're looking at a range called the Coburn Ranges, which is the centrepiece here at El Cuestro Wilderness Park. It's a landscape that's about 1.8 billion years old with some magnificent uh, bright orange sandstone ribbons around the top. And that's going to be the, the backdrop with this beautiful uh, big flat clay pan in the front. There's a massive blue sky and virtually no clouds. It really does open up. You feel like you're just in the middle of nowhere. And that's the whole idea. A million acres is not exactly small. It's a lot of quarter acre blocks, mate. <laughs> How many um, people were here filming? Probably between 50 and 100, I'm not 100% sure on that. Closed set, mate. Security guards at either end of the access road. Um, a lot of us, if you tried to come out here for a sneaky peek, we were pushed off onto the high road there where you can't see too much. How long were they here for? Six weeks. Six weeks filming in this neck of the woods on a couple of locations over our property, but right here, right now, this is the, uh, the primo spot. Did you get to see the stars, Nicole and Hugh? Uh, no, much to uh, my girlfriend at the time's uh, disgust. I'd taken her out camping when uh, the guys visited Emma Gorge Resort there. Um, I got a belting for that, but um, unfortunately no, but they were great. They mixed with the locals when it was, uh, when it was possible, and um, they left, uh, left a place with a good feel about it, I think. 
And if people who are visiting El Cuestro want to come out and see where Australia was filmed, what do they need to do? They need to come prepared because we are remote. They need to get themselves a proper high clearance four-wheel drive. They need to be drinking adequate amounts of bringing water, proper fuel, um, doing all the right things, letting people know where they are and allowing themselves, I guess, the time to uh, appreciate what it is because uh, this landscape changes as the day goes on. So allow yourselves the day by the time you get out here and um, plenty of adventure to be had, mate. Brilliant. All right. Well, let's uh, jump back on board and go see the rest. After you, young lady. <laughs> Miko Bass at El Cuestro Wilderness Park, which is 110 kilometres out of Kununurra on the Gibb River Road. June to September is the best time to see the mud flats. Filming was also done at Emma Gorge, a beautiful spring-fed rock pool in El Cuestro. If you want to see the spot where Nicole Kidman's Lady Ashley and Hugh Jackman's Drover got romantic, you'll need to walk for about 40 minutes from Emma Gorge Resort. And if you and your four-wheel drive want to reenact Nicole's rocky river crossing, stay tuned because we're doing that soon. Only eight kilometres away from the El Cuestro mudflats is Digger's Rest Station, making it the ideal place for the cast and crew of Australia to stay. The big working cattle station and tourism facility became home to 300 people while they were filming the mustering and drought scenes. Obviously, there's plenty of space in the outback, but what about beds? Owner Alita Woodland told me how she and her husband Roderick sorted out accommodation for everyone. Well, we provided, we have six bush huts that are quite comfortable, um, and then we had 90 dome tents set up, which were big four-person tents, but they had a camp bed and a mattress and linens and a towel and a lantern and in a little table, so they were set up quite comfortably. And we built a new ablution block, which has plenty of showers and toilets. So they, they're, you know, by my standards, I would find it quite comfortable. I mean, coming from the city, they probably thought they were doing it a bit rough. But I think that um, they did inform people of what they were coming to. And then the, when the main unit was here, they were, the film company set up their own tents just out in this Boeb Grove over here. And they were small tents with just like a camp mattress on the floor. But... Um, yeah, they had, it, they had it pretty good, I reckon. They had gourmet caterers brought in from Sydney, so they ate very well. We know that because we got to eat the leftovers. <laughs> so, And what about the stars? Where were they set up? They had, uh, while they were out this way, they had luxury swagmans down on the flat down there. And they had a little star city down there, you know, with, with all the swagmen circled around each other. Sort of reminded me of, like, you see the old wagon trains in the westerns, you know, where they <laughs> round up together. Um but they stayed in those, and I think some of them were flown in and out of Kununurra by chopper as well. But uh, like I know Hugh Jackman stayed out in his mobile home. <coughs> and Baz Luhrmann, he spent about a week here, is that right? Tell me about where he yeah, stayed. Yeah, I think he was here for four or five days. Mm. Um, he set up a, well, it reminded me of like a safari camp down on the creek down there. He had um, his luxury swagman and... Uh, Oriental rugs and cane furniture and marquees and, yeah, <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> so it sets a new standard on how things could work here. Yeah, well, it never occurred to us to do anything like that. We're, we're quite happy just rolling out the swag, though. So, yeah, it was an eye-opener, I tell you. Yeah. There was one thing Alita and Roderick thought was worth going the extra mile for, though, and the cast and crew of Australia were pretty happy about it. Roderick showed me into one of the more popular spots on the station. 
This is the bar room we had to set up for the film group. And um, yeah, we sold a few cans of beer over that, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty authentic. You've got the corrugated iron there yeah. and uh, the hats and the kerosene lamps hanging off the top. Yeah. And the thing that I was most surprised to see here is this wall full of signatures. Tell me about this. Let's walk over there. Well, as, as people come through, we, you know, we tell them, you know, put your name on the, on the wall, where you're from and that sort of thing. And we've got most of the film crew to design the wall. There's um, Hugh Jackman's signature there. Baz's, David Wellham, and this other fellow here. Um, David Gulpin. Yeah, David Gulpin and this other bloke, Walters. But oh no, there was a heap of them. They just and even some of the, the extras in the movies, like the um, boys from Burralulu, they've all signed it. And and what happened in this bar? Tell us the secrets that the walls can't communicate. Oh, I don't know. This, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there was a few parties here. There was. Um, Hugh threw his credit card over the bar one night and, you know, there was uh, a lot of pool games being played and cheated and, you know, they were good nights, you know, and uh, I don't think any romances started. <laughs> Might have been the end of a couple, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what were they all like, especially, you know, Hugh and, and the stars that you met, what, what were they like? Uh, they were good people, yeah. They were really easy to, to talk to and get along with and... But we're the first impressions we had, they can be a bit hard to handle, you know, coming straight from Sydney to out here, but no, they were good. And if you come to Digger's Rest and you want to sort of sit where Hugh sat, where was he in this place? Oh, he was all over the place, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wanted a piece of him, you know, and he, poor bugger just had to keep moving and moving and, you know, try and do the right thing and talk to everybody. But, you know, by the end of the day, he was buggered too. I was, you know, been out there for 10 hours a day and he was really good. He was down to earth, yeah, good fellow. And so what time did they get up? What time did they go to bed? Well, they were up, up and moving by four. They'd have different crews leaving, you know, early in the morning, having breakfast out on the set, others coming back here for breakfast. And most days they wouldn't get back till six, up past six in the dark. And it was full on. And what impact do you think the movie might have on your place here at Digger's Rest? <clears throat> well, we're hoping in, in, a, in a small way that it'll bring more people out here to have a look to see where the, the actual scenes were shot. Yeah, we're sort of hoping for an injection like that, but not too big. We don't want it too big. But I guess it's nice to share the magic that you have here. Yeah, that's really what we want to do, you know, just have that one-on-one contact with the with the guests, sit down and be behind them, have a beer with them and find out where they're from and, you know, their story in life and as well as ours. Roderick Woodland. Digger's Rest Station is open year-round. It takes two hours to drive there from Kununurra. While you're there, go on a horse ride to the giant Boab tree that was filmed. It is massive. If you've seen the movie, you would have noticed great big Texan-looking mountains that plateau with a red strip of rock on top. They're the Coburn Ranges, and they sit right in the middle of Digger's Rest, El Cuestro, and another property, Home Valley Station. All three run Australia movie tours, so I went on one with Chris Fennick from Home Valley, who reckons the Coburns were what inspired director Baz Luhrmann to film in the Kimberley. On Home Valley Station, we're very fortunate. There's some lovely vistas that you can stop at and, and they're treated as lookouts, so you have them as sunset locations. And we're, we're fortunate for Baz Luhrmann to arrive here in, back in 2004 when he was doing a reconnaissance for the movie Australia. And here at Home Valley Station, where we, we, we are standing right now, looking out across the valley here, uh, Baz was quite taken by the the scenery. And you've named the spot after him. 
Look, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, having a bit of fun with our station sites tour that includes the locations where Baz decided to, to film. And so where we are here, yes, it's uh, local, locally known as uh, Lerman's Lookout. And we've just travelled up Jackman's Jump Up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about the countryside and the Coburn Ranges in particular that really did you know, affect Baz so that he wanted to bring Australia back here? Well, look, he's, um, he's made it very clear to everybody that, you know, this, this movie will be an icon and he's, he's put a lot of effort into making it the, the out of Africa of Australian cinema. And, and you look at uh, uh, the Coburn Range and, and it is a majestic landform. It certainly it stands very proud before us there and, and for 1,900 million years in the making, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's a humbling land generally as it is, so it, it makes makes perfect sense that the cinematography genius of a Baz Luhrmann would uh, look at what we believe is something very special and see it, see it for what it is. Uh, the valley down uh, leading up to it, the waterway of the Pentecost, and uh, the isolation where we are in the Kimberley here is um, a, a great formula for, for a setting. It's not every day a girl gets to pretend that she's Nicole Kidman and uh, even go on the ground that she was once on because at Home Valley Station, of course, with the film Australia being shot here, there are certain bits that you can reenact if you really want to. Can't you, Chris? Oh, indeed, and it's not too far away from the homestead itself following where Baz uh, left the Lerman's Lookout area down to where we, ha- we are here at what we're locally calling as Kidman's Crossing. What exactly happened here? What did Nicole get up to? Oh, look, Nicole was um, driving her 1937 Chevy, which was fully laden with all of the personal items, uh, followed by a much larger truck of the period of the time. Prada luggage from the era and all the tins and, and all of her personal belongings were being followed. And what happened here was uh, a river crossing, and that's what we're about to do. Excellent. Now... It looks like there's a fair bit of rock there, so hopefully we won't get bogged or stuck. How deep is the water? Look, right now it's probably less than half a metre, um, and around the time when the filming was on, uh, it was just coming up over the the tyre of the, the vehicle, so you know, it was just a little bit over half a metre deep. All right, well, I think I'm ready to play Lady Ashley, as Nicole Kidman did. Let's start up the uh, full drive and head across this river. Certainly. Hold on to your hat. pretty rocky but so far so good are there any any skills you need to have to get across rivers i'll just dodge the big saltwater crocodiles and uh, hold on to the steering wheel take it nice and easy we're benefited by the big river rocks here it's actually quite safe if you're a tourist thinking about coming up here Um, just nice and steady keep it in first or second gear and you'll be right and if we're looking back to a vehicle that was built in the 1930s, getting across one of these things, especially if it's laden up with, you know, old Prada cases and things like that, how easy would it have been to get across? It would have been a little bit different than the the, the Toyota we we're in, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know that they um, had as much suspension as this this one here. The best thing, I guess, is we come to the other side of the river and we've almost made it successfully as we bounce around. Um, the view, it's extraordinary and you can see why Baz Luhrmann decided to have it here, can't you? Yeah, it goes without saying. It certainly has an eye for the places he chooses and, um, and we're just uh, lucky that 
has decided to fall in love with the Coburn Range, which is another one of the stars in the movie. And I guess the good thing about all of this is that anyone that comes to Home Valley Station will have to go through the same river crossing that Nicole went through, won't they? That's right. The, uh, the access road, which uh, via the Gibb River Road into Home Valley, it's, uh, it's our entry. So uh, you, know, you will uh, no doubt when you have an interest to come up to the East Kimberley and maybe come out to Home Valley, you are, you are forced to do what Nicole did in the movie. And perhaps you can pretend that you're, you know, crossing one river into a love story as well. Yeah, indeed. Chris Fennick from Home Valley Station, which is 120 kilometres from Kununurra. We'll head to that town soon to find out about Nicole Kidman's diamond shopping spree. There's one more place that got a cameo in the movie, and it's next door to Faraway Bay Bush Camp. The King George Falls are one of the largest waterfalls in the Southern Hemisphere. They're truly breathtaking. Owners, Bruce and Robin Ellison, what exactly did the camera crew get up to while they were at your place? They spent two, two, uh, actually two days here doing specifically the King George Falls. The mornings that they were here was absolutely unbelievable, crystal clear with, it, with a slight fog that just enhanced the whole thing and they were very, very pleased with it with the footage they got of that. Yeah. Can you describe it for me for those who don't know the falls? Well, as you go there by boat, you think as you turn into the river, you think, Oh, aren't these cliffs terrific? And then you turn the corner and you think, My goodness, it's higher and each corner it's higher and higher until you actually come to the falls. It is a spectacular experience and whether the water's running or not, it's still wonderful to see because it's a gorge, it's a beautiful gorge. And how high would it be? 80 metres. And people that come to Faraway Bay here, can they relive that sort of experience even though it's cinematography, can they do that sort of thing? Well they, they can't do exactly what they were doing because they were in a helicopter. Uh, we don't have a helicopter but we do do it by uh, boat. And everybody that comes to Faraway Bay, we try to make sure that they definitely get to the King George Falls. You can go up there every second day of the week and you still don't get sick of it. It was just that good. How do you feel about the homestead where Nicole Kidman, her character Lady Ashley, lives? It's called, I think it's Faraway Downs. How do you feel about that given the name is very similar? <laughs> Yeah, well, we couldn't believe our luck when, you know, we could be linked into this sort of, uh, this name. Uh, Robin and I have both been to the homestead and I think they did a fantastic job with it. It's, it's just brilliant. Bruce and Robin Ellison. Faraway Bay is a 280 kilometre flight from Kununurra. It sits on the very edge of the country overlooking the turquoise Timor Sea. It's lovely. Nicole Kidman stayed in Kununurra with her husband Keith Urban while she was filming and the couple were often seen around town. The star made a few visits to one particular store, Kimberley Fine Diamonds. So I spoke to manager Maria Bolton to find out what she bought. She was pretty relaxed about the visit that she had here. The first time that she came in she brought her security staff with her. Um, But the visits that she had after that she left them at home and was comfortable enough to come without them. And what did she buy? Well, I can't say what she bought, obviously. I can say that she is a generous person and that she didn't buy for herself, but um, I can't 
I can't give any, anything more than that. <laughs> Can you tell me if she preferred the pink ones? Nicole's favourite coloured diamond wasn't a pink colour. But pink is certainly what this area is known for, isn't it? It's one of the only places in the world where you can get pink diamonds. And we have a slew of them in front of us here. What are we looking at? We are looking at a collection of some pink tender stones. Every year, Argyle select 50 to 60 of their best pink diamonds. They're the most intense in colour and they're all over half a carat. And um, retailers have to be invited to participate. It's a silent auction. You don't know what anyone else is bidding. Um, so you could spend quite a bit of money putting your ten tender in, so it's quite a difficult thing to do. But over the years we've been successful in getting 11 of the tender stones. Um, often we're the only retailer in WA or one of only two or three in Australia that are successful with the pink tender stones. How much are you looking at paying for one of these? They retail for up to US $1 million a carat. Wow, so we're looking at a fair bit of money in front of us here. We certainly are, yes, they don't come cheap. <laughs> and they have been going up quite a bit in price, that's all the pink tender, all the pink diamonds, not just the pink tender stones. They have gone up by about 50% in the last 24 months. What's the reason for that? It's the life of the mine. They haven't got much more than a decade left in the Argyle mine production. And Argyle only produce about one champagne glass full of pink diamonds a year. And after they've finished the underground mining at Argyle, there may never be any more pink diamonds in the world. So how sort of highly sought after are they? Well, we get visitors who come, especially to Kununurra, to come to Kimberley Fine Diamonds to look at our pink diamonds. And they come here just to buy one. And do you think Nicole was one of those? Obviously not pink, but you know, she's obviously one of those high flyers that come in. She was a high flyer that did come in and did admire some very nice diamonds. <laughs> Maria Bolton. And when you're in Kimberley Fine Diamonds, look out for the signed photograph of Nicole on horseback on the set of Australia. That wraps up our tour of Australia locations. I hope you've enjoyed it. And for any inspiration or information about travelling in WA, make sure you go to www.westernaustralia.com. You can also download our other podcasts and hear more about the people and amazing places in the Kimberley. My name's Fleur Banger. I look forward to seeing you here soon. Music